Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the December edition of my one month to a more effective compliance program series that I have been running throughout 2017. In this month of December, I'm going to take a look at one month to better written standards for a compliance program. The sponsor this month is my Doing Compliance Masterclass Series. I recently partnered with Jonathan Marks at Markham LLC to put on a series of masterclass training sessions in late 2017 and throughout 2018. We just concluded the 2017 training in New York City, and I will be announcing upcoming training sessions going forward. If you have enjoyed and utilized this podcast series throughout 2017, you will find the Masterclass is an excellent way for you to take your compliance program to the next level. In this month, I'm going to take a look at written standards for compliance programs. We take a wide variety of approaches and topics, and I think that you will find at the end of December, you'll have a much better grounding on how you can create, design, and implement better written standards which will improve your compliance program. My series on one month to a better compliance program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day two, clearly articulated written standards. The cornerstone of a best practices compliance program is its written standards. These include a code of conduct, policies, and procedures. These requirements have long been memorialized in the U.S. Federal Sentencing Guidelines, which contain seven basic compliance elements that can be tailored to fit the needs and financial realities of any given organization. From these seven compliance elements, the Department of Justice has crafted its minimum best practices compliance program, which is now attached to every deferred prosecution agreement and non-prosecution agreement. These elements were incorporated into the 2012 FCPA guidance, further refined and clarified in the 2017 Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs, and recently memorialized in the new U.S. Attorney's Manual section on FCPA Corporate Enforcement Programs. What should be in these minimum standards of conduct? Well, the starting point is a code of conduct, policies, and procedures. In the 2012 guidance, the DOJ and SEC jointly stated a company's code of conduct is often the foundation upon which an effective compliance program is built. The DOJ has repeatedly noted in its charging documents the most effective codes of conduct are clear, concise, and accessible to all employees and to those conducting business on the company's behalf. Indeed, it would be difficult to effectively implement a compliance program if it was not available in local language so that employees and foreign subsidiaries can access and understand it. When assessing a compliance program, the DOJ and SEC will review whether the company charter has taken steps to make certain that the code of conduct remains current effective and whether the company has periodically updated its code of conduct. Your code of conduct, policies, and procedures should be grouped under the general classification of written standards. There are three levels of written standards. Obviously, we talked about the code of conduct, which every company should have and should generally express its ethical principles. But simply having a code of conduct is not enough. A second step mandates that the very 
the company should have policies in place that build upon the foundation of the Code of Conduct and articulate code-based policies. They should cover such issues as bribery, corruption, and accounting practices, and a wide variety of other topics. From the base of a Code of Conduct and policies, every company should then ensure that enabling procedures are implemented to confirm those policies are implemented, followed, and enforced. Best practices now require companies to have written standards, for example, detailed due diligence protocols for screening third-party business partners for criminal background, financial stability, and improper associations with government agencies. Ultimately, the purpose of establishing effective written standards is to demonstrate that your company is <clears throat> simply has more than a written piece of paper. It's actually doing and operationalizing compliance. And the written policies and procedures required for a best practices compliance program are well known and long established. As stated in the 2012 FCPA guidance, among the risks that a company may need to address include the nature and extent of transactions with foreign governments, including payments to foreign officials, the use of third parties, gifts, travel, and entertainment expenses, charitable and political donations, and facilitating and expediting payments. Policies help form the basis of expectation and conduct in your company, and procedures are the documents that implement these standards of conduct. The role of compliance policies is to provide guidance and to protect companies despite an occasional hiccup or two. Policies set the basic guidelines for employees to follow. They generally include uh, lists of do's and don'ts, work process flows, and specific issue guidelines. By establishing what is and what is not acceptable compliance behavior, a company can mitigate the compliance risks posed by an employee who might make a foolish decision or otherwise engage in unethical behavior. While policies are not a surefire guarantee that things will not go sideways, they are the first line of defense if they do go sideways. The effective implementation and enforcement of compliance policies demonstrates to the government that a company is operating ethically and proactively for the benefit of its stakeholders, its employees, and the communities it serves. If a company is subject to the FCPA, it is an international company, so that community it serves can be quite wide. The 2012 FCPA guidance ended its sections on policies with the following. Regardless of the specific policies and procedures implemented, these standards should apply to personnel at all levels of your company. It is important that policies are fairly and consistently applied across your company, for it is compliance policies that, or rather, if you do not, there's a greater chance of employee dissatisfaction. This point cannot be overemphasized. If employees are going to be terminated for fudging their expense accounts in Brazil, you had best make sure that the same contact conduct lands your top producer in the United States with the same quality of discipline. There are numerous reasons to put some serious work into your code of conduct, policies, and procedures. Certainly that first line of defense argument when the government comes knocking. This means regulators will take a strong view against the company that does not have well thought out and articulated policies, procedures, or a code of conduct, all of which are systematically reviewed and updated. Written policies signed by employees provide a vital layer of communication. Together with this signed acknowledgement, these documents can serve as evidentiary support if a future issue arises. In other words, the document, document, document mantra applies just as strongly to this area of anti-corruption compliance. 
So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, first of all, a code of conduct, together with policies and procedures, have long been recognized as cornerstones of a best practices compliance program. Two, each level of written standards builds upon one another, so you need to consider this integration step in the design, creation, and implementation of your written standards. Finally, the fair process doctrine applies to your written standards as well. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed day two of one month to better written standards, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day three. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to Better Written Standards and a Compliance Program. I hope you'll join me tomorrow for another episode. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would ask that you would rate our podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out about the only daily podcast, which will give you a hint or tip to improve your compliance program. Also, If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening. I hope you'll join me tomorrow. My podcast series of one month to a better compliance program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network, a more effective compliance program for your organization. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed day one to one month to better written standards in a compliance program, and I hope you will join me tomorrow for day two. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.